I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. It is the game week. Capital T, the capital G game. Michigan versus Ohio State, two 11-0 teams. Clashing for the second straight year as both undefeated and feel like the what the 13th 14th time in history is top five teams it's easily the biggest regular season game of college football this season I expect viewership to be somewhere between 15 and 20 million I think last year's around 17 it might be more this year when you think about all the off-field <laughs> drama too plus plus I think you know when it's when it's two unbeaten teams and I you know some of you know thinking about Georgia Washington Washington Oregon was a was another top marquee matchup, but but really haven't been in a ton of top five clashes this season. So this is a a huge game, not just for those who are fans of both programs, but for the entire country. We're going to talk about offensive keys, defensive keys, overall thoughts on this matchup, as well as our final score predictions in this episode. And we'll start on the offensive side of things. I, you know, we were just talking right before we hit record. There's a lot of different stats and a lot of different variables that will will play a role in this game. But at the end of the day, the team that runs the ball better in this matchup is going to win the game. For 21 straight years, the team with more rushing yards has won this game between Michigan and Ohio State. For 20 straight years, the team with more yards per carry has won this matchup between Michigan and Ohio State. That's that's long enough that 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 isn't just coincidence or trend or or whatever. I mean, that's spanning different coaches. That's spanning different quarterbacks, obviously. That's spanning different offensive schemes. That's spanning different eras of college football. College football 20 years ago in 2003 or 2004, I mean, you know, it looked a lot different than it does now. But at the end of the day, you have to – it's twofold. You have to own the trenches on your side. You have to be able to pick up first downs, move the chains – keep drives alive and if you're on the other side if you're on defense if you can stop the run you know with the november air that's going to be cold i think this year is going to be even colder than usual but it's always cold last week of november i think the forecast is like a high of 35 something like that so so you'll be able to throw the ball but it's not going to be like it is in september it's not going to be like it is in an indoor stadium or something like that. I mean, it's, you know, you're going to have to be able to run the ball to be successful in this rivalry. It's probably always been true. And I don't think it's any less true. That's why Michigan's nine on seven drill, you know, the drill that emphasizes the run game, both on offense and defense. That's why it's called the beat Ohio drill. It's because if you want to beat Ohio state, you need to do, you need to be able to stop the run and you need to be able to run the ball yourself. And if you want to see how Michigan turned the tide in this rivalry, I'm sure People who are not fans of Michigan have different opinions on different things that happen, but at the same time, they also got really dang good, top 10, top five in the country good at running the ball and stopping the run. And sure enough, in this matchup, both years, I mean, I think I saw stats this week 
that Michigan hasn't even attempted a pass in the fourth quarter against Ohio State in the last two years. I mean, they, you know, you don't even need to steal signs. You know they're running the ball, but you can't stop it. That's That's been the difference in this rivalry. And, and I will say 2018, 2019, you know, in the, in the years prior to that, Ohio State had great quarterbacks, but they also had top-tier running backs who just would bury Michigan in the second half. So to me, I think the biggest key, undoubtedly, for Michigan's offense is get that run game really going. I think all season there's there's been kind of that, huh, they're not as not statistically as good as last season, not quite there yet, not quite living up to expectations. Because before the season, I think we all said, not just you know people who cover Michigan, but the country was saying, okay, with Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards back, with three offensive linemen starting offensive linemen back, with the transfer class at the offensive line that they picked up, you know, this team should be able to run the ball better than anybody. And as of right now, they're not producing at that level. But I do think that there's been a confidence all season that when when it really matters, they're going to be able to run the ball effectively. And and there has been a little bit of evidence of that. They're, they're mo- the most rushing yards they had this season, 249, that came against Nebraska, a Nebraska defense that is top 10 right now in run defense. Their second most productive game on the ground, 227 yards and three touchdowns, just like they had at Nebraska, came against Penn State, another top 10 run defense that's as good as it gets. So, you know, when they've needed to run the ball and when they've been challenged against another high-level run defense, it does seem like they've answered the bell. But I, I think this is a game where if Michigan, if Michigan runs for 200 yards, for for example, I think they're winning this game. I really do. I, I don't think the, the passing stats can help. Obviously, every drive you need to score, it's points – Points versus points allowed is the ultimate stat that matters. But I do think history has shown that that running the ball and stopping the run is is extremely important. You know, and I do think Michigan, you know, they haven't come out right and explicitly said this. I do think that they have been saving a little bit in the run game, whether it's the duo looks, whether it's the quarterback keeps, you know, just the various different schemes that they have. I think that they have been saving a little bit for this matchup. And then I think, especially in the trenches, and I would say at running back too, I think there is, has been an element of just be healthy, be ready to go against Ohio state and bring the intensity that day, you know, cause we've seen carry counts for, for Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards lower than in past seasons. Feel like, feel like there's a very good chance. Michigan's run game has a little extra oomph on Saturday, but ultimately and Steve, I want to get your thoughts on this. I think that is probably the most important. We can talk about the quarterbacks. We can talk about the pass rush, the defense. I've I've stats about everything. I've got I've, you know there's there's lots of factors that will play into this fairly evenly matched game. But if Michigan is able to run the ball effectively, doesn't have to be 400 rushing yards, but over 200, I think they're really going to like where they're sitting in that fourth quarter with a chance to close out a win. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's hard to disagree, right? I mean, the initial stat kind of speaks for itself. You almost want to say, okay, we can end this podcast now. You know, because, I mean, it yeah. is. It's it's <laughs> It's been that long. And well put as well from you as far as, you know, Ohio State's always had good quarterbacks. They've most, even more recently, they've had, uh, you know, uh, probably the most elite stable of wide receivers year in and year out of any program in the country. 12 receivers drafted since 2015. Yeah, it's it's insane, and it, that number is only going to go up uh, next season. So, you know, no shortage of talent at the skill positions. But yeah, I mean, I think 
some Michigan fans have some sort of, uh, you know, a lot of bad memories of insert Buckeye running back here. Yeah. With the, with the, uh, the final blow, you know, like a 60, 70 yard touchdown in the fourth quarter to put the game out of reach. Right. I mean, like, I think we've talked about this every time we preview this game, you know, Beanie Wells, uh, Mo, Mo Claret, Mike Weber, uh, you know, all those guys, you know, late touchdown to just put the game totally out of reach. And Michigan would normally struggle. Those were games where, I mean, Ohio State would dominate on the ground too. That's been the difference the last two seasons, right? I mean, the game was within reach for Ohio State going into the fourth quarter last year. And then, you, you know, Donovan Edwards does his thing. So, yeah, I fully agree. If Michigan can hit 200 against Ohio State, that they, they you know, it, it again, this doesn't mean that the passing game isn't important either. It really comes down to, I think, it, a lot of times it comes down to the running game's doing enough to to allow it's just classic football the running game being effective enough to keep your offense on the field and allow them to open things up a little bit right i mean michigan did outrush ohio state last year but they also hit a few really big plays a couple of which were on play action type uh situations so yeah no i mean again it's hard to you know it's not it's hard to say no I don't really think this year, this year, I don't really think it comes down to, you know, running the football. I mean, no, there's, there's, and with Michigan, it really kind of always is going to, at least the way they're built right now. So it'd be naive, excuse me, at best to not, you know, kind of stay in that direction with this game. Cause it does, this game always seems to come down to uh, trenches on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And in terms of Michigan's offense, you know, they have Blake Corum healthy. This is, He's played technically in both previous Michigan Ohio State games that he he was on the team for, but you know he's fully healthy now. And Donovan Edwards, you know, not only is he healthy, his carry count has been much more modest this season. I think they've, you know, that, that was a little bit by design for both players since they both had off-season operations. It was a little bit of like, hey, let's not overwork them in a thirty-point blowout. <laughs> you know, let's make sure that they're healthy for the end of the season because I think both of them kind of came into this season you know, top 50 projected draft picks. I don't, I doubt Edwards has stayed there. I don't even know if Corum's still in that mix, but they know that there's an NFL draft future for them. They know that, you know, if they were on a different team where they were getting 25 carries a game, they they would be Heisman contenders. They want to win a national championship. So, you know, both of these running backs, I think have been very selfless, at least from, from what we've been able to glean in terms of don't need a ton of carries, don't need, you know, don't need to rush for 150 yards in this game or that game. So, yeah, I think I think Michigan's in good shape. I kind of look at it though a little bit like a like an airplane taking off on the runway. Like, yeah, you don't need to be at a thousand feet, ten feet in. You know, right? Like you can kind of gradually go. But but this is that last chance because if the run game isn't there this weekend, I do think media and fans alike will kind of look back at this season and be like, boy, why was that run game? not there why did that never take off like it was supposed to on paper so um one last chance for Michigan to really to really put that together and as you kind of noted a moment ago yes Michigan ran the ball effectively last season in in, in a win but but at, at halftime I think they only had 10 rushing yards so you are going to need the passing game to help balance to help complement supplement what you're trying to do in the run game 
And that that this will be an interesting game for Michigan because I think Ohio State's much better defending the pass this year. Number one in passing yards per game allowed, run number one in yards per attempt allowed, number one in passer rating allowed. And they really, really, really don't give up deep passes. I think they've given up what one pass of more than 40 yards. And it's only it's only a couple, five, six, seven of more than 30 yards. So it's it's a very, you know, the <laughs> the big plays that Michigan got last year might not be there. But I do think Michigan can still pick its spots. You know, I think it can still find ways to to move the ball through the air. Um, you know, especially if Roman Wilson comes back. I feel like he's kind of the straw that stirs the drink in that passing game just because teams have to account for him in every down, every distance, every route on the route tree. But also you've got tight ends. You've got Donovan Edwards who can catch passes. You've got Cornelius Johnson who had a big game against Ohio State last year. You have Samaj Morgan who seems to be every game. He just seems to be a little bit more involved, a little bit more involved. And he's making plays the whole time. You know, I think the second big key is just take what the defense gives you in regards to the pass game. Because if they're playing cover zero like they were at times last season, well, you know what to do. You know They, they know where to throw the ball or if, or if they are sending extra linebackers to blitz, well, hey, maybe a tight end will be open. Maybe a running back can can get something in the flats and, and pick up a first down. So, you know, I, I don't think Michigan should go into this game expecting to throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns. I, I don't think that's realistic based on Ohio State's entire body of work this season because no one has thrown for more than 205 yards against Ohio State this year. And I think they're good. They're better in coverage than they were a season ago. You know, Denzel Burke's a big part of that. Um, I think the pass rush is more experienced. I don't know if they're getting as many sacks or, or pressures as they as they were last season. But at the same time, I think this is a group that has a lot of experience. They're going to get pressure from the inside. You know, and they know how to kind of work together the main four guys up front to be effective in the pass rush and 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 a lot of batted passes too. I think. I think I saw six batted passes. So, um, you know, this is a game where, where I don't know if Michigan should be forcing it through the air, but got to strike when those opportunities are there. Cause there will be times where Ohio state plays to stop the run. And JJ McCarthy is, is even if he's rolled his ankle a couple weeks ago, or even without Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines, you know, he's a five-star quarterback playing at home. You know, this is an opportunity for him to really, he's, his name's already etched in Michigan football history, but, but you know he can do it even more this week. What do you want to see from the passing game in this contest, Steve? You talked about Ohio State's overall pass defense being pretty good this year. I, I do think there's some, you know, they haven't played a lot of teams that can throw the ball very effectively. Sort of how Michigan, yeah, kind of similar until, to Michigan, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say until last, you know, Maryland. I think the one common opponent that can can kind of wing the ball around a little bit. So I mean. While this will be probably Michigan's biggest challenge from a pass defense standpoint, this will be Ohio State's biggest challenge from a pass offense standpoint. I kind of wonder if this game, from a passing perspective, could play out similarly to the Michigan State game, where Michigan's tight ends make a pretty big impact. Because I, I do feel like Ohio State's going to have a hard time matching up with with Loveland in particular. Obviously, like most teams have a hard time matching up with Loveland, but feel like this is a game where he could have a big 
uh, a big another big game. I just feel like this is a, a tailor made type situation for him to fuel that stat. Ohio State's linebackers not giving up a ton after the catch, but they've allowed forty eight completions on sixty four targets this season. So there you go. Would have right. to do the math, but that's a that's a high clip. That's a high yep. com- completion percentage. See, I didn't even know that stat, and I already knew. I just I just know from watching. It always feels it always feels good to have the stats back up your opinions if you're just blabbering crap out there too. But but no, I mean for like that's something you legitimately you watch Ohio State and you watch Michigan, obviously. You know, I, I wonder if that's an area where Michigan may be able to exploit Ohio State a little bit. You know, I know I think is it is it ransoms out. Yep, ransoms Ohio out state, right? And like you know, there's been kind of the, the joking, I would assume, on our board about how that's that's good news for Ohio State because he had kind of a tough game against Michigan last year. But I mean, he's all American level. Same. Numbers candidate. look very good. Yeah. Right. I mean, year. he's really, really good. So I mean, that's if you know, that's one area where that's another situation where, you know, it does. I mean, it injuries it stinks. He's a great player. You'd rather see both teams, but you know, it, it helps Michigan that this elite player for their defense is not going to be out there. So, you know, yeah, the seams, Michigan attacking in the seams, I think will be very interesting. Yeah. As far as the passing game goes that, and like, I, yeah, like we, before we recorded, like I said, I just think Roman Wilson being out there and being a hundred percent, which we expect him to be is huge for Michigan because they need his ability to, at the very least, draw some attention you know, I mean, Cornelius Johnson had the two big plays last year for Michigan. <clears throat> Wonder how much attention, because I don't remember, did like, I don't feel like Wilson did much statistically. No, I right? don't even know if he had a catch off the top yeah. of the head. Um, but, you know, we've seen games in the past with him before where he's attracting enough attention that it helps everybody else. So, you know, I think but it is. It's that it's the same three guys that Michigan has sort of rode this far with Wilson, Johnson, and, and Loveland. But but I do. I think this is a huge opportunity for Colson Loveland to have another big, big game for Michigan on a big stage. Well, and AJ Barner grew up in Ohio, so I'm sure he's fired up for this game. A couple other quick stats that that I found interesting. You, know, I mentioned the 48 for 64 linebackers in coverage. So I think Ohio State's linebackers, the only difference between them and maybe some of the other teams with linebacker coverage issues, I think Ohio State's backers are fast enough that they will make the tackle after the catch. But yeah, I don't know if they have the the ball skills that that Ohio State enjoys at cornerback and safety. And I think, you know, one thing to note, we talk about Ohio State hasn't had to face a lot of passing attacks. You know, they also haven't had to face a team that has the passing and rushing that Michigan has. Like there is a little bit of that, that pick your poison component is, you know, what, where do the linebackers go? Where do the safeties go? And so that's why, you know, I, I think if Michigan came out thinking that they're going to get deep shot after deep shot downfield in the first quarter and, you know, dust this game away. No, no, they're, they're going to need to to work on it. You know, one, one intriguing stat though, I had to double check. So, 26 penalties in coverage for Ohio State. Michigan has seven this season. And I don't know if that's purely defensive backs in coverage, but that is penalties on on pass plays. 26 for Ohio State, seven for Michigan's defense. So it's 
you know, they can get a little grabby at times. So, you know, if you're Michigan, don't think you need to go 20 miles an hour in this on the pass game. Don't it's it's not like Penn State or Maryland who were very interception and sack heavy defenses. Ohio State, they don't give up the big play, but they aren't necessarily it's in your face in terms of sacking the quarterback a lot or picking off a bunch of passes. They have seven interceptions. I think Maryland had 13 before last weekend. And then they have 21 sacks this season. Penn State, when they entered that Michigan-Penn State game, had 37 already. So a little less in your face, but you still need to to get it done. One more quick question for you, Steve, just because it's it's definitely a talking point among Michigan fans right now, is that pass protection. You know, Carson Barnhart has had a couple rough weeks in a row. I do think Penn State and Maryland are a little bit more aggressive in terms of trying to send kind of stronger blitzes and and get the quarterback taken down than Ohio State is. But at the same time, anything you need to see there, it does sound like Ladarius Henderson will be back. Be back. Uh, it sounds like the Miles Hinton injury not as bad as initially feared. It seemed like it was something in the ankle. So I, I Sharon Moore said both, quote, should be good to go on Saturday. But but anything you want to see there, I, th- I think to me the biggest key is just hope that J.J. McCarthy is a little healthier than he was last weekend. And he can escape the pocket a little bit. I doubt Ohio State's going to try to send all-out blitzes, but Jack Sawyer, you know, the rest of the defensive linemen, they they are going to get pressure. I feel like the key is just kind of always have a guy ready in the flats, and then don't be afraid to send JJ McCarthy out of the pocket. I mean, that's that's what Ohio State tries to do a lot with Michigan over the years. I think about Justin Fields. How many how many touchdowns did he throw for outside of the pocket? You know, just making sure that you're a step ahead. But anything you want to see, is that a concern for you, that that pass protection after the last couple weeks? Uh, I mean, you can't say it's not. If you're listing, if you are listing concerns, it at least has to be on there. The thing with Ohio State, just there's always so much talent uh, across the board, even if they're, you know, I, I don't know. But sounds like their edges are starting to play better football. I know they're like they're little bit of disappointment early in the year with how some of their guys were performing, but there's just, you know, yeah, between Sawyer, uh, Tuli Maluau, even a guy like I'm interested about too. He's not an edge, but like Sonny Styles is a different type of dude as far as how they, I feel like they can utilize him. I mean, super, super long wingspan, athletic guy. You know, I feel like he could be somebody they'll throw in there too. So, but yeah, a little bit. I just, I kind of wondered if that was partially why Michigan just went all out running the ball against Penn state in the second half was because to, to sort of neutralize, you know, run at them. Honest opinion. I felt like JJ was going to get hurt if they had to throw the ball 20 times. I mean, just the number of times he took three hits in that game on what, eight, 10 passing snaps. He doesn't, he doesn't always get hit like that three times in the backfield in an entire game. Sure. It is a concern, but uh, that was but that was another thing though, Zach. Michigan has not really been rolling McCarthy out much, I don't feel like. At least not by design. And I guess I less than you would think for what right? he can do. It, that, he's so yeah. I always felt like that was to me that's been one of at least especially earlier in the year. Uh I feel like you could basically chalk up a touchdown when McCarthy would sort of break the pocket and get out of get out on the edge and make a throw. I mean, it was like, you could like, you go automatic touchdown just about and whether by design or not, he hasn't really been 
going out in that area nearly as often as I kind of feel like it would be to Michigan's advantage for him. Yeah, do you think that's protecting him? I I wonder. Only now for this game, or is that now that we're talking it out? I kind of wonder because it it doesn't make again. I mean, you can't say that Michigan hasn't sort of shelled shelled it up offensively. There's no way we're not going to see some different wrinkles. And I say that on both sides or both running and passing. We have Michigan ran at 32 straight times against Penn state, but there's always some different little wrinkles that they're going to keep for this game. Uh, I mean, even in the, even against Penn state, almost everything was between the tackles. And when they would go to the edge, they were having major success. And same thing last week. I mean, I think the only designed edge run was Morgan's touchdown. Everything else is pretty much in between the tackles. You know, Corm had the long run, but that was a bounce out, though. I mean, that was designed to go up right, the middle, and he right. bounced it out. But otherwise, it feels like Michigan has literally been running in between the tackles throughout. But when we see them go to the edge, they're finding a lot of success. So you kind of wonder, you know, you got to think that's something we're going to see more of on Saturday. I mean, I, I just, you know, like I said. But pass rush-wise, yeah. I mean, Ohio State, just there's so much talent. There's always a – whether – whether Barnhart was struggling as much as he did against Penn State and to a lesser extent Maryland, I don't. I, I mean, I think my answer would still be the same, just because Ohio State is immensely talented um, everywhere. And yeah, I mean, JTT and Jack Sawyer, I believe, were both top five overall prospects in their respective classes. I mean, these guys were basically groomed to be number or first round draft picks after they leave Ohio State. So yeah, I mean, there's always that chance that those guys come out and and dominate. Uh, it doesn't feel like that's how it's gone for them this year. But again, that's, we talk about rivalries. Yeah, they can turn it on quickly. Uh, dude, I mean, that's what these games are all about, are guys who make the play, make the big plays. And it's not always the guy that's made the big plays throughout the year. Sometimes it's, you know, so that's Ohio State's benefit. They've always had probably what 99% of the time, maybe literally have had more talent than the team across from them. But again, big challenge for Michigan. I'm interested to see though. Yeah. If they run the ball at the edges to, to at least sort of neutralize or try to neutralize any potential um, advantage that they may have out there when it comes to throwing the football. Yeah. And if it does come up, you know, one thing Michigan really has not tapped into much this year is their screen game. They've only attempted 20 or JJ McCarthy, I should say, has only attempted 20 screen passes this season out of 237 overall passes. He's completed all 20. But yeah, you think that you know, I, I just I can't help. But like when I see like the way Samaj Morgan can run, the way Roman Wilson can get going, the, the you know, the way Tyler Morris can get going, the running backs, you know, can there be a little bit more usage in the screen game if there is pass protection struggles because some of it you you don't really know even if you look on paper and you look on film you don't really know what the situation is going to be until you're out there so we'll see we'll see what happens and that's why I think the pass game needs to be reactive is often like a bad term like that means that you're not being proactive but I think I think a reactive pass game to whatever Ohio State's throwing whether they're selling out to stop the run or and if you if they are hey JJ McCarthy's pretty good at play action if they're Getting a lot of pass rush, you know, can you find a screen game? Can you get some of those shorter passes, Get find guys in the flats? And if they're doing like they did last season and daring you to throw it over the top, 
I would argue on paper you have the talent to do that. So I think a reactive is as weird as much as that word is often used negatively. I think a reactive pass game could be an effective one. All right, we're going to hit a quick break on the other side. We'll look at the biggest keys for Michigan's defense. How do you slow down Ohio State's offense? We have some thoughts. We'll talk about them on the other side of this break. You're listening to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, Steve, I tweeted out earlier today. We'll talk about the run game as well, because we obviously we already talked about the significance of that. But, but man, alive, there, there's just one stat that if Michigan brings a pass rush on Saturday, just very hard to imagine Ohio State's offense having the kind of day it wants to have. So Kyle McCord, Ohio State starting quarterback, he is fifth nationally in passer rating when under a clean pocket. That's according to Pro Football Focus. When he is under pressure, everyone, every quarterback's passer rating drops when they're under pressure. But his drops so much that he is actually 110th nationally among FBS quarterbacks when under pressure. His completion percentage drops from 72.7% to 38%. His yards per attempt dropped from 10.3, which is excellent, to 4.0, which is brutal. His touchdown to interception ratio drops from 20 to 20 to 2 to 2 to 2 when under pressure. I mean, we've, we we talked about it with CJ Stroud too. It was a similar deal where it says, okay, you put him under pressure, he's just, he's going to be more human. I would say Kyle McCord's drop-off is even more. You put him under pressure, I don't think Ohio State's pass game can do much of anything. And this is, I have a lot of respect for Ohio State's pass game. I think Marvin Harrison, probably the number one receiver in the country. I don't know about the, you know, there's a couple Pac-12 receivers who are putting up crazy numbers right now. But I feel like Harrison, based on what scouts say, based on what, you know, NFL teams are saying, it seems like he's, he's as good as it gets. You know, Cade Stover, I would argue probably a top five tight end in the country right now. Number four among tight ends nationally in receiving yards with, what, 534. What impresses me, when he's targeted, only seven passes have fallen incomplete. He has zero drops, but he has five touchdowns. 
So yeah, he's he's extremely effective. Emeka Ibuka, uh it seemed like last week, I don't know how much you saw of that game. It seemed like he started to return to form, return to expectations. Yeah, I know he had a midseason injury. Um, and then Travion Henderson can also catch passes out of the backfield. He's very, very good speed for a running back and, and good hands. I think he has over 550 receiving yards in his career. So I'm I'm very impressed with Ohio State's pass game. But if Michigan can bring pressure, I really, I just don't think Ohio State's going to be able to, to make up for it. I, th- I think we can talk about stopping the run, and I'm sure we will in a few minutes. But boy, you you get Kyle McCord under pressure, you know that's that's just that that changes this game. That that gets the fans going. That means that they suddenly have to worry about the the noise and the cadences and third and long, and then they're trying to chuck it deep. But if you don't have time for Cade Stover and Marvin Harrison Jr. and everybody else to get open, you know this pass game. You know they don't. Kyle McCord is not a Justin Fields. He's not going to be able to to scramble out of the pocket and buy himself a lot of time. So yeah, this is this is the biggest game of of Jalen Harrell's life. This is the biggest game of you know thinking about Chris Jenkins from the interior, Kenneth Grant, Mason Graham, Braden McGregor had maybe the best game of his career last week at Maryland. This is the biggest game of his life. You know, all those guys up front, Michael Barrett too from the linebacker position. If they can get McCord under pressure 35, 40% of the time. I think that really takes a lot of the wind out of Ohio State's sails and and really limits what they can do. They're going to get some in terms of yards and touchdowns. The last four years, four matchups, they've averaged 363.0 yards passing against Michigan. Even the last two years, C.J. Stroud. I mean, everyone keeps talking. Oh, how did Michigan makes you know kind of implying that it's suspicious that they were able to make C.J. Stroud look human? And I would argue that they didn't really. Not until like the fourth quarter when he's doing desperation passes that get picked off. I mean, he was throwing for darn near 400 yards in both matchups. So how do you how do you make this pass game? How do you slow it down? Coverage helps. Michigan has has some great cornerbacks who've been good in coverage all year. But I think the big thing is the pass rush. Steve, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, outside of two things, outside of the rushing stat we talked about at the beginning, the 20 years in a row or whatever, the McCord, that stat might be the second most important <laughs> stat of the game in terms of on Saturday afternoon and we see who wins, like that might be the other sort of deal that dictates the winner in this game. I, I mean, you know, I could be off here. I kind of feel like Michigan's interior defensive line against Ohio State's interior offensive line might be one of the biggest mismatches in the game, not just with Michigan's top two or top three guys either. I mean, they rotate a full six, like we talked about before we got on. Even the guys five and six, Benny and Cam Good, are probably playing the best football of their careers, respective careers right now. Ohio State has a tough task in front of them as far as that goes because it's not necessarily so much about slowing a Derek Moore or a Jalen Harrell or a Braden McGregor around on the edge one-on-one. It's about stopping the interior guys one-on-one so that you, so that neither, so your tackles don't have to give any help to those guys, or you don't have to, you know, I don't know if jumbo packages are really what Ohio state is going to be predicate or is going to want to predicate things on in this game. So 
yeah, I mean, when we talk, when we get to predicting and stuff, I mean, th- those two, those two thoughts, the McCord's, the, the, the pressure stat and the, just to me, just Michigan's interior against Ohio state's interior on this side of the ball just feels like a, a huge advantage for Michigan. And, and again, when we're talking about running the ball effectively and we're talking about, you know, yeah, not being, not having, or getting pressure on the quarterback, you know, the edges get all the love, but Michigan's interior, they're going to be trying to collapse that pocket as quickly as possible. And, and, and those numbers from McCord are not sack. Those are just pressure numbers that you don't have to complete the sack. I mean, I think people have such a, it's always about sacks, but it sacks are not the be all end all in this type of stuff. It's getting enough. It just could be half a step to throw the quarterback off their rhythm a little bit. That's all it takes. Like even Ohio, some of Ohio State's best quarterbacks in the past, if you could get pressure on them, they would wilt. But Michigan would never get any pressure on them. You know, Justin Fields, not great under pressure. Dwayne Haskins was terrible under pressure. But the one game when he tore Michigan apart, I don't think his jersey had a, any green right. on it by the end of the game. I mean, he was he was living back there in the pocket. Stroud seemed to make he made a lot of big time throws, whether under pressure or not. Again, no quarterbacks. I don't know if there's a quarterback. Maybe there is a quarterback that's better under pressure. I don't know if that's really a thing. Not but either college, way, no, no, right. So, and that's such a huge contrast uh, that it's that is not a. Uh, there's no mean to revert to. That's a clear, absolute difference in effectiveness in two different scenarios. So yeah, if Michigan can get to him, who knows? I mean, you could be talking turnovers or whatever, but if you're Michigan, you're good enough just getting off the field. Yeah. I mean, that just screams major advantage for Michigan. Cause I feel like, I I guess I kind of feel like Ohio State's offensive line has been one of more, one of their more maligned units yeah. As a whole, right? I mean, again, we're talking about Ohio State, so their their offensive line is probably still technically one of the best in the country. But when we're talking about a team that has national championship aspirations, I feel like they're even on that from their side of the fence. There's been a lot of sort of consternation or disappointment in how that unit's performed as a whole. I think the the consternation is more about the run game, which we can get to in a moment. But yeah, it's uh. It's it's a, I would call it a rare rebuilding year, and I say that relatively speaking because it's still reloading to some degree. But this is not a offensive line, at least from what I've been able to see, that is truly carrying Ohio State right now. I think it's more an offensive line that's doing its job. Obviously, that narrative can change in a hurry if they go out and look really good on Saturday. You know, we that's happened to Michigan before. That's happened to Ohio State before. But yeah, I think it's a group that is susceptible. I mean, in terms of pass protection, I think they are top 10 in the country in terms of allowing pressure, like not allowing pressure, I should say. Uh, so I think so far it's it's been effective. But yeah, that's that's a, you know, if I'm Michigan, I'm it might be worth sending Michael Barrett a little bit more. It might be worth, you know, trying to send an extra rusher here and there just because I do think that changes what Ohio State's offense can do, what their pass game can do. Because it's kind of it was kind of interesting asking you know Jim Harbaugh and, and Mike Zane were still about Marvin Harrison. <laughs> they were both just kind of like, yeah, he doesn't really have any weaknesses. 
you know, there's no really stopping him that much. You're just trying to slow him down. So uh, as much as much as I do think Michigan's secondary is high quality, future NFL players, you know, like good at a lot of things. I, I just if you give McCord four seconds in the pocket to to wait for Marvin Harrison to get open, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to get open. He just is. You know, you got you got to get pressure sooner and and frequently. And it's not going to happen every play, right? I, I am not sitting here thinking Ohio State's not going to throw for a couple hundred yards and make effective plays. But but again, it's you can live with some of the plays. You just can't live with all of the plays. The only other key I have for Michigan's defense, I mean, obviously was, there's 50,000 things we could list, but but looking at Ohio State's run game, because I do think that is the difference between this last year and this year. I think Ohio State's healthier at running back. You know, I think last year, I don't even think Travion Henderson played. I think Mayan Williams played, but it was kind of like a Blake Corum, like not not fully healthy. And Chip Trayanum ended up taking carries, like for the first time all season on the opening drive. So this year, they're a little healthier. Uh, Travion Henderson, still healthy. And, and it does look, you know, I just I alluded to it a moment ago, Ohio State's offensive line maligned more than it is a weak point. I think statistically, you know, they're still getting the job done in a lot of ways. But obviously, similar to Michigan, right, Ohio State fans have very high expectations. So if there's one area that they're kind of like, hey, what's going on there? It, it probably is offensive line on this team. And I do think that shows up more from what I've been able to see in the run game so far this season, Ohio state averaging 1.88 yards before contact per carry. I've always said something in 2.5 to 3.0 is what I would consider a good yards before contact per carry. So 1.88, I would call that below average, not terrible, but, but definitely below average for a, for a blocking unit. And then the other stat that jumped out to me, Steve, that is that, Ohio State is averaging 6.0 yards per carry outside the tackles and 109 yards per game outside the tackles. Between the tackles, they are averaging 3.7 yards per carry and 44.2 yards per game. That's a really big split. I mean, there's always a split, right? It's always You're always going to average more yards per carry because all you have to do is break one or two outside the tackles. But it's, it's a pretty significant split. And I think Henderson has a lot to do with that because if you get him in the open field, he's really fast. He's really hard to bring down. He's averaging more than four yards per contact per carry. But I think a lot of that is breaking through arm tackles or getting by cornerbacks and safeties. 74.2% of his runs come outside the tackles. So to me, I think the biggest key is just don't let him get a couple steps untouched. Don't let him get up to full speed. Because I don't think that they're going to really count on running a ton between the tackles against Ohio or against Michigan's run defense. But if you lose contain or you arm tackle him on the edge, you know, suddenly he's breaking down the field. I mean, he can do exactly what J.K. Dobbins did, what Zeke Elliott did, what, you know, name all the different running backs over the years. It seems like they all had a couple big runs against Michigan. He's got the speed, he's got the quickness, he's got everything you need on that front. So I think the big thing is for, for Michigan is just, try to keep him between the tackles, you know, even if that's not where the run was supposed to go, you know, see if you can, can uh, keep contained, see if you can make those tackles early, just kind of almost funnel him between the tackles, show him that that, that's not an area where he can go. I think that can make a big difference. Similar to the past game. I don't think that there's like this shutdown scenario where 
Ohio State's running for 30 yards on 23 carries in this game. Maybe there is. I'm not predicting that, though. I think the big thing is just understanding that that where they're effective running the ball is when they can get outside the tackles, get in the open space a little bit, get a couple steps to get up to full speed. And so anything anything Michigan can do to prevent them from getting up to full speed in the run game, I think can make a big difference. Steve, your thoughts on that or any other keys or things you want to see from Michigan's defense in this game? Uh, just looking here, I did see Ohio State's 84th in the country in total rushing yards per game. And I, 69th in yards per carry, so it's not right? just that they're not carrying the ball. When's the last time like that was the case? It has to have been a long time, right? That low, that's really low for them. Yeah, yeah. Even with injuries, that's, right? that's still pretty low. Well, yeah, but again, that's where the that's where to me injuries aren't an excuse because that's a it's still a roster that's got a ton of talent on it. Like I, that, they're not getting the injury excuse on my end. I mean, I mean, think about how much Corm's been banged up the last couple of years, uh, and Edwards. Honestly, if we're you know, but yeah, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Purdue. Nebraska, Penn State, Michigan, all have had better rushing attacks per game this season than Ohio State has, which is, and again, can crap on Michigan's schedule all you want. I just, I don't see much evidence that Ohio State's has been, is, is Notre Dame that, like, no, they're not. Like, Notre Dame's solid team, but they're not, it's not what it felt like. Actual when beat- question. Does UNLV beat Notre Dame right now? You know, I I was just, that's literally, I knew you were going to ask that. I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a fair, let's get them together then. Let's play them in a bowl. Let's see. Yeah. I I just odd to see Ohio state that low as far as running the football goes. So yeah, Jalen Harrell, even more important in that regard, right. As far as, you know, or do they run away from him? I don't know, but that's where the linebackers come into play. Colson, Barrett, Hausman, uh, because, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about Michigan's interior D-line being a huge advantage against Ohio State's interior O-line and Ohio State has not run the ball in between the tackles well to begin with this season, again, just hard to imagine that's going to start on Saturday. So it does become about protecting the edge. And, yeah, Henderson's finally healthy. Yeah, that's for Ohio State. That's big because he is their home run hitter, right? I mean, I think he had a – well, like a, he had another, like he had like a seventy-five or eighty-yard touchdown against Minnesota last week. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you're Ohio State, that's that's the guy you want fully healthy. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's bizarre to see them that low as far as you know. Again, particularly when you have two probably first-round receivers that your quarterback is throwing the football to, so. Yeah, no. And you're winning all these games. It, it, you know, so much of like the rushing yards per game, I always, I often take it with a grain of salt because it's like, all right, if you're winning every game by 15, 20 points, you know, maybe you're icing out the clock a little bit more. Maybe you're running, th- you know, whatever. But yeah, 69th in yards per carry, too. That just yep. tells me, I, I kind of, maybe, a, maybe this will be a December project. It does seem weird how many teams are quote-unquote struggling running sure. the football this year because Michigan's in that category net not to that extent but they aren't running the ball like expected Penn State didn't really run the ball like expected this season like is there some something that's changed among defenses in college football I mean there always are little changes but it does seem like big play 
carries are down. It does seem like the, you know, the players that were expected, the preseason top 10 running backs, seems like none of them have lived up to expectations from, from, from yeah. what I can tell. So kind of an interesting aside, but, but yes, to your point, Ohio state, especially between the tackles, just not, not what we're used to seeing from Ohio state. Cause yeah, yeah usually, impressive. sorry, go ahead. Usually Finish. they can do both. Usually they can have the one, two punch of downfield passing attack, but then, I think about like 2018, 2019, it's like then you just have J.K. Dobbins and that offensive line just hammering at home and icing the game out, salting it away for, for Michigan. Usually you can do both. Ohio State so far has not looked especially effective as a balanced offense. Yeah, I was going to say Nebraska has the best rushing offense in the Big Ten. I don't know if anybody would have. Again, yards per game, and I like you said, not a not only, but still averaging. I mean, they're averaging more yards per carry than Michigan or Penn State is. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting, but, but yeah, uh, again, just feels like advantage Michigan. I mean, we're talking the interior on both sides of the ball. I mean, you could argue Michigan's Zach Zinner has got to be one of Michigan's three or four best players on their roster. Right. Um, He's probably their most likely chance of an all American this year. Right. I mean, so and then you put, then you bring history into it. I mean, it's just so. Steve, with that all said, with all the keys discussed, your final thoughts and your final score prediction for this game. So level with me. Tell me if you agree. I feel like if the the makeup of these teams were the opposite, or let's just you know, and the and the and the game was in Columbus. I mean, part of me just feels like we'd be picking Ohio State to win by two touchdowns. I'm not picking Michigan to win by two touchdowns, but I am. I think that's. To to your point though, I think you, that point is where where, yes. where the strengths and weaknesses are for each team. I just feel like if this if the shoe was on the other foot, and the, and the game was in Columbus, I mean, I just feel like we would be like, you know, oh yeah, this this definitely seems like it's tailor made for Ohio State to win. But I am going, with, I, yeah, I, it's hard. Michigan hasn't lost at home in forever. They have an advantage at quarterback, and they have those the, both the advantage on the interior. Of, of both lines, I just feel like this is, it is, it's just sort of a game that Michigan is built to win. I'm going to say Michigan 30, Ohio State 21. Okay. On my side, you know, I, I, I see what you're saying. I do. I really think the trench advantage plays a role. I think home field advantage plays a role. Not even necessarily that Ohio State will shrivel up and be bad on the road because they've won at Wisconsin. They've won at Notre Dame. You can say what you will about either of those teams because they all have, they both have three, four losses, this five losses. I think Wisconsin has this season. At the same time, those were tough atmospheres against tough teams that that play well in the trenches. And they Ohio State took care of business and won those games. At the same time, I just think a return home for Michigan with that home crowd juiced up the way it will be. I think that makes a big difference. I think the difference in run games makes a big difference. And ultimately, I think. We didn't really talk a ton about it, but the experience at quarterback makes a big difference. You know, J.J. McCarthy went to Ohio State and won this game. I don't know if we've seen Kyle McCord go out and get that kind of victory yet. So I think all those things factor in. I I do think Ohio State has played better than Michigan the past few weeks, and it's hard not to wonder, okay, does Jim Harbaugh's absence, does the sign gate stuff, even if the players and coaches say all the right things about it, is there some element of their play has dipped? There's, is there some element that they are just not quite what they were in September and October? I don't necessarily buy into that theory. 
And I certainly don't with this prediction, but it is something that I'll be keeping an eye on, especially early. You know, does Michigan look like they were just on cruise control the past few weeks and then they turn, then they have their foot on the gas on Saturday or is, or is the book out there on how to, you know, slow down what Michigan does and beat their defense a little bit more than, than earlier in the season. Still can't pick against Michigan at home in this matchup, right? Not right now, not with the trench play that they have, not with the run game differential, both offense and defense for Michigan. So I'm going to take Michigan 26, Ohio state 22. I don't know how they'll get there, but I just, this game always gets weird with those scores and, it does seem like even though they're two top five defenses, I think this game has gone hit the over for what eight, nine straight years. I don't know what the over under set this year, but you know, I think it's going to be higher scoring than some people think just because the the tension and nature of the rivalry, there'll be some big plays on both sides, but I've got Michigan winning advancing to the big 10 championship game. Be sure to read all of our preview content over at the Michigan insider.com, Michigan 24 seven sports.com. We've got, statistical preview we've got vip thoughts we've got stuff from the press conferences uh, and there'll be more stuff throughout this week i hope everyone has a happy thanksgiving it's holiday season and michigan ohio state has got to be one of those holidays both in the midwest and in the entire country thank you for listening to the wolverine 24 7 podcast we'll see you next time okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.